Good evening, everyone. So we are holding towards the end of Perik Memalaf on page one sixteen. Four lines from the bottom where it says Vihine Kol Kavanasai. We are concluding over here the sugya, the topic of Avas Hashem. So last year we spoke about. How Avas Hashem means that one has a desire to connect to Hashem, to connect to Hashem. And this desire to connect to Hashem is, as Alter Rebbe says, is to the point of Mesiras Nafesh. We love Hashem so much. Our desire to connect to Him is so strong that we're even willing to give up our lives. To, to stay connected to Hashem. And that is true, the Alter Rebbe says, about, all the, about every mitzvah, because every time we do a mitzvah, every time we daven, every time that we learn Torah, in effect, what's happening is Mesiras Nefesh. At this point, we're giving up our own desires, our own will, and uh, what we want. And our goals and our agenda becomes irrelevant, and right now, we're being mismasser. We're giving ourselves over completely and entirely to Hashem. As Alter Rebbe says, what we learned uh, in last year, that this is mamish like uh, mamish de Gan Eden. Learning Torah and doing a mitzvah is mamish de Gan Eden. Because just like in Gan Eden, a person is involved in, in, and totally preoccupied with connecting to Hashem without any distraction. Really, every, every time that we learn Torah, we do mitzvahs, it's the same thing. The difference, as the Alter Rebbe says, is only that in Gan Eden we experience the pleasure associated with this relationship, whereas over here in this world, we don't, that, that, that waits until we go to Gan Eden. But in, uh, in principle, it's the same idea. And every time, before we do a mitzvah, before we study Torah, we're supposed to take time to think about this, that I'm doing this because of my Avas Hashem, because I love Hashem, and therefore I, Avas Hashem, to the point of Mesir Asnafesh, you're supposed to have this in mind, and with that, you start davening, with that, you start learning, with that, you start doing the mitzvah. And as we learned last week, that if we're learning Torah for a while, so it's enough that you have this thought in the beginning, in the beginning of uh, the session of learning Torah, and then at least once every hour to stop and once again and uh, reorient, reorient yourself and think again about the idea of Avas Hashem and Mesir Nafesh. And now the Alter Rebbe is going to add a chiddush. Let's do insight. Vihine, four lines from the bottom of page one sixteen. Vihine, kol kavanasi b'mesiras nafshi la Hashem. The whole kavana that a person has in his mesiras nafesh, giving up his nafesh to Hashem, submitting to Hashem, aidei hatayra vatfila, through learning Torah and through davening. And again, the point is lahalays nitzutz alakus shabetoycha lemekoyre. The point being to elevate the spark of godliness within the neshama to its source. So when a person is doing this, when a person has, is uh, focused on this Mesiras Nefesh and the desire to uh, reconnect and reunite the neshama with Hashem through the Torah, through the davening. So the Kavana should be Rak Tehei, Rak Nach Asruach Lafana Vizbarach. It should be only in order to give Nachas to Hashem and to give pleasure to Hashem, 
like the muscle of the simcha of a king when he's reunited with his only child after the child has been in captivity and been in prison as mentioned earlier so this is a mashal that we learned earlier in Tanya and Perik Lamadalaf. The idea that every time that when a Yid learns Torah, every time a Yid davens, every time a Yid does a mitzvah, so the simcha is like when you have a prince, the ben yachid of Amalach, that's being reunited with the king after time that the, that the child was in captivity and, uh, and in prison. And Perik Lamadalaf, he adds to the mashal, he mentions over there, if you look at the bottom of page Mem, Kemashal ben Melech, like the mashal of a son of a king, Shaya Beshivya, that was in captivity, not only, not only is he in captivity, not only is he in prison, but also he's forced to do um, menial labor in prison. He's busy grinding, grinding at a millstone. And he's also completely covered in filth. And he goes free to the house of his father, the king. The same thing is, the neshama is the prince. The neshama is the ben hamelech, the child of Hashem. And the neshama comes down over here into this world. And it's in captivity. It's in captivity in the goof. It's captivity in the body. It's in captivity by the nefesh Bahamis, by the yitzharah. And sometimes it's, uh, it's covered in filth also. Spiritual filth, obviously, we're talking about over here. And imagine the simcha of when the son is finally released and is able to go to the king. And that's what happens every time that a yid learns Torah and does mitzvahs, which as we've learned in Tanya numerous times, what happens then is that the neshama becomes completely subsumed in the oyer of Hashem, in the light of Hashem. So it's an incredible simcha. Some peyrek lamadalaf, when we learned it over there, the context was the simcha of the son. There we were talking about the simcha that a yid should have when doing a mitzvah, that if you understand the toichen, you understand really what's happening when you're doing a mitzvah, the incredible simcha that you have. But now, the Alter Rebbe is focusing on the other side of the coin. Yes, the son, the son has an incredible simcha. How about the father? The son who was in prison comes back to the father. The son has an incredible simcha. But how about the father? And for those of you over here who might be fathers, let me ask you, whose simcha is greater, the son's simcha or the father's simcha? Father. It's, I, it's definitely, the, the, the simcha is mutual, meaning they both have simcha. Yeah. But there is no question that the father's simcha is greater. There's no question that the simcha of the father, when the son comes out of prison and rejoins him, is greater even than the simcha of the son. Although the, the simcha of the son is also an incredible simcha. Experience. Right. <laughs> so as much as the neshama rejoices when is able to do a mitzvah and able to daven, able to learn and thereby able to reconnect to Hashem Hashem Simcha is also incredible maybe even greater so when you're doing a mitzvah to connect to Hashem, don't think about your own nachas, your own simcha that you're getting when you connect to Hashem. Think about Hashem's simcha. Which this is an incredible thought. 
And it's really, um, you know, this is something we've discussed on, on different occasions. The perspective that we have when we're doing a mitzvah and you know, a lot of, how do we look at a mitzvah? We look at a mitzvah as a burden. Does Hashem really need my mitzvah? Who am I? What am I? What's my mitzvah worth anyways? How important is my mitzvah? But if we knew what a mitzvah is, forget about yourself. If we knew the incredible simcha that the mitzvah is causing Hashem, that the ben yachid, Hashem's ben yachid, Hashem's only child is being reunited with him, that itself gives such an incredible chayis and such a yishmak in doing a mitzvah. Imagine, you know, after this year, now we're going to stand, we're going to daven mairev. How many of us think about how happy Hashem is that we're coming to, that we're davening mairev? How many of us think about that? Right? At most, we think about how happy we are that we're connecting, that, that we have this chus, that we're able to connect to Hashem. But think of it the other way around. The Gemara says that if someone is, you know, is regal to come to shul every single day, and one day he doesn't come, so the Eberstetter is wondering, where is he? Where is he? Not because he wants to punish that person, but because the Eberstetter misses that person. The Eberstetter misses the tefillah b'tzibur. It's a totally, it's a, it's a game changer in, in thinking about mitzvahs. And when you think about that, it changes everything. Even imagine in terms of a physical father. No, forget about a Ben Melech, maybe it's hard to relate to that. If you know there's something that you can do for your father that brings him an incredible joy, wouldn't you run to do that? And this is the Eberstein. Imagine a, you know, using a muscle we've used many times. Imagine a big tzaddik asks you to do something for him and you know the amount of joy that it will cause him if you were to, bring, if you were to do that for him. You would run, you'd run to do it. Why? The, the simcha you would have, the joy and, and pleasure you have in bringing pleasure to the tzaddik. So this is true about every, about every time we learn Torah, every time we do a mitzvah, we have to realize what we're accomplishing in terms of the simcha that Hashem has when we do a mitzvah. But how do so, you think about Ben Yachid when they have million and million Jews that do the same thing? Not Ben Yachid, I So yesterday was the the birthday of the Baal Shem Tif. Was for bringing her, right? Yeah. And it is known that the Baal Shem Tif says that Hashem's ahava for every single yid is much greater than the ahava that parents who didn't have children for many years and in their old age they had an only child born to them. The Ava that those parents have for that child, which we can only begin to imagine, Hashem's love for every single Yid is infinitely greater than that. Because at the end of the day, over here in our, in our, in our world, every love that we have, because we're limited people, we're finite people, so therefore our love also is limited. And Hashem's love is believable. So when Hashem says, When Hashem says that He loves us, we're talking about an Ava which is believable. So the question is the other way around. You want to know how is it that Hashem could love every single year like a ben yachid so i'm telling you the reason why we bring a muscle of a ben yachid because in this world that's the biggest love that we can imagine the biggest love we can imagine is that of parents to ben yachid but the truth is it's a very weak muscle the truth is hashem's abba is much more than that 
So therefore, when a yid learns Torah and does mitzvahs, the simcha is even greater than that. We can't even begin to imagine how much Hashem loves every single yid. So when we're talking here in the in, the, in Tanya over here about this avot Hashem, and we're doing mitzvahs because we love Hashem and because we want ledafka, we want to connect to Hashem. So the Rebbe says, when you're thinking about connecting to Hashem, because if you love to Hashem, the focus should be not on your own simcha that you're having from connecting to Hashem, but focus on the simcha that Hashem is having. Now, for those of you who recall, in the year, not not last year, but two shiurim ago, maybe even and th- and, and three shiurim ago, also we spoke about this a little. We said over there that there is a very very high level of love. This is the love which tzaddikim have for Hashem, and that love is called kibradi ishtadal basar avoy which means that you love Hashem so much, like a child who. Uh, who um, who works on behalf and 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 uh, labors on behalf of his father and mother? He loves his parents more than he loves himself. He's willing even to go on Mr. Rasnafas for the parents. And there we said that this alpha means that a person loves Hashem to the point that he himself becomes irrelevant. It's not about him anymore. It's not about his desire to connect to Hashem. It's not about his need to to quench his thirst. For um, for Lakus, but rather it's purely, as we mentioned, right that uh, that Hashem's will should be done. And what is Hashem's will? As we mentioned, Hashem's will is Yichud Kuchabrichu Shchinte, the connection of Kuchabrichu and Shchinte, the connection of the mucker of all of Neshamas Yisrael which is Shchinte together with Kuchabrichu, and therefore a great tzaddik who has this incredible. Ava Rabba, this incredible love for Hashem, his service of Hashem is in such a way that he is irrelevant. It's not about himself at all. In fact, it makes no difference to him whether he's the one who does the mitzvah or someone else does the mitzvah because it's not about him at all. It's about that Hashem's kavana should be fulfilled and actualized over here in this world. The Alti Rebbe follows that up by saying that this is the kavana of great tzaddikim. Because great tzaddikim have zero ego, they're completely selfless, they're completely battled Hashem. That's not an ava which is so much shaykh to every yid. It's a little shaykh to every yid, Dr. Rebbe says. We should still try to think in that in that way. But it's not an ava which is mamish, you know, fully, in the words of Dr. Rebbe, it's not be'emis la'amito of every single yid. Why? Because ultimately we're we're not in the level of tzaddikim. We have ego, we have this, this selfishness. And I'm talking about holy selfishness. The desire to connect to Hashem. And therefore, for the average person, the ava that can be be'emes la'amitoy is the desire to connect to Hashem. So that's more of a, my desire to connect to Hashem. So we have two types of ava. A completely selfless ava. Nothing to do with me. It's not about my desire to connect to Hashem. That's the ava of the great tzaddikim. And then we have the ava which is shayach to every person, which is the, shayach, the ava which is the desire to connect to Hashem. Now here the Alter Rebbe is saying, but when you desire to connect to Hashem, it shouldn't be about your, your simcha, it should be about Hashem's simcha. Is this shaykh to every single person? Or is this only for great tzaddikim? That sounds like 
That sounds like for the great tzaddikim. Says the Alter Rebbeinu. And let's do this inside, top line of page, of, of page Nuntas. This kavana is, is true. Not a little true. The ultimate truth. Legamri completely. For every single yid. At every time, at every moment. Due to the natural love. Which is a Yerusha which we have from our fathers. Rak only. Let, let, let's stop here actually. The rock is, is. So it turns out we have over here, there are actually three different types of love for Hashem. And this love is a middle love, and Al Rebbe says this is also Shaykh to every single Yid. So let's use an example of a, a father and a child who are in a, have a very loving relationship. A very close relationship. So one madriga, one level of love is that the child does something for the father and there is no selfishness involved. It's not about me doing, I don't care about me. I don't care for, you know, it's not about me being close to my, to, to my parents. It's not about my parents getting nachas from me. It's nothing, it's nothing. All I care about is that my parents should be, my father should be happy and he should get that which he wants. That is an analogy for the highest level of Ava, which is the Ava of great tzaddikim, complete self, uh, selflessness. On the other end of the spectrum, the lowest level of Ava is that the child does things for the parents and the child wants to be by the parents. Why? Because the child enjoys being in the father's presence. The child enjoys being in the parent's presence. What does the child want? All the child wants is to be together with the father. That's somewhat of a selfish love. Then there's a middle ground. The middle ground is the child wants that the father should be happy from me. Happy because of me and from me. I want him to have nachas from me. On the highest level, I want my parent to have nachas. I want my parent to be happy. I don't care if it's from me or not. If it's from me, that's great. But it's not about me at all. All I want is that my parents should have nachas. On the, on the lower level, it's not about my parents having nachas. It's about my desire to be near my parent. The middle level over here, which is what we're discussing about here, is the child wants that the parents should have happiness from him. You see the difference in the three levels? The highest level is the child wants the parent should have nachas. It doesn't make a difference who gives the nachas. If there are five, five children, so the person says, do I have to be the one to give my parent nachas? Let my sister give the parent nachas. What's it make a difference? As long as, as, long as my parent, let's say, <coughs> there's a beautiful gift to be, brought to, to be brought to the parent. So the highest level, the, 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 the one says, I care, I bring the gift, someone else brings the gift. My sister, my brother, what do I care? As long as my parent is happy, it's not about me at all. That's the highest level. The lowest level is that the child loves the parent. And what does that mean? That means the child loves the parent so much that he or she wants to be near the parent always. That's sort of a selfish love. I want to be near the parent. I need to uh, quench my thirst and uh, uh, my desire. I need a relationship with my father. I need a relationship with my mother. So it's about me. That's the lowest level. 
The middle level is, it's a little, it's a mix of both, you realize. I want my parent to be happy. I want my parent to have nachas. It's not about my desire to be close to my parent. I want my parent to be happy. But I want my parent to be happy from me. If my parent is happy from my brother, I'm not going to be as happy. I want them, I want my father to have nachas from me. Right? You see the three, you see the three levels? Highest one is I only care my parents should have nachas. Lowest one is not about my parents' nachas at all. It's about my need to have a relationship with my with my parent. And the middle one is I need my parent to have nachas. And yes, I care about my parents' nachas and happiness, but I want it to come from me. And I think we all know that the middle one is something that we can all relate to also. The highest level is very difficult. To have a madriga in any relationship, to have a madriga where it's not about me at all. All I care is about that the one I love, whatever, whether it's my, my parent, whether it's my spouse, whether it's my friend, that they should be happy. That's something which is very difficult. Because we're selfish beings. So that, that it should be completely not about me, that's the avayda of great tzaddikim. But this middle level, the Alter Rebbe says, is shayich to everyone. Shayich to everyone. That, yes, I'm doing a mitzvah because I want Hashem to be happy. And I want Hashem to be happy for me. In a very practical sense. We just spoke before about how we're going to go Davin Maidiv, and that's going to give Hashem an incredible simcha. The tzaddik would stand over here, look around the room, and say, wow, we have here a minion of Yidin that are davening and making Hashem happy, and the tzaddik is in, the, is in seventh heaven. Why? Because Hashem is getting happiness, and that's all the tzaddik cares about. So why does the tzaddik have to daven? <coughs> tzaddik davens because because that also gives Hashem nachas. But the point is that, but no, it's not. A, no, no. The tzaddik, everyone here is giving Hashem happiness. I will give Hashem happiness. Hashem is more happy, and more more people davening is more happiness. And it's all about giving Hashem happiness. And it makes no difference who gives it to him. It's all about Hashem's happiness and Hashem's kavana and l'shem the rest of us, when we're over here after davening, hopefully we'll have a little lift in our davening, right? Knowing that Hashem is happy. But are you happy because you're davening or because the other people in the room are davening? Me. You. What, what second? Hashem is getting happiness also from him davening? Oh. We're not tzaddikim. We're not But this idea is something we can all relate. And that's what the Rebbe says. Don't be on the lowest level. And by the way, the lowest level is a very... <laughs> you know, to, 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 to daven and what the lowest level is, I'm davening because I want to connect to Hashem. I need to quench my thirst for a relationship with Hashem. And that's, that's what the Rebbe says, don't do that. That's too selfish. Move a, level, move a level higher. Think about the happiness Hashem is getting. Now, to think about the happiness Hashem is getting in the abstract, so to, and therefore, your davening and someone else's davening is the same thing to you, that's, that's for great tzaddikim. Although, earlier in the page, the Rebbe says, we should also try to Incorporate that thought also about the idea of l'shem yichud kuchibir but the notion that you could take pleasure in Hashem's pleasure in you—that's something that's not only for tzaddikim, that every single yid can have. Every yid can take pleasure in Hashem's pleasure and simcha in Him, and that's a less ego. It's still a little ego because we're not we're not the greatest tzaddik, but it's less egotistical. Ultimately, you're focused on Hashem's nachas. Hashem's nachas from you. And that, Dr. Rebbe says, every single yid could want be'emes. Every single yid could want. So, for example, let's say, 
Let's say you have a father. Your father likes uh, herring. He has this desire for herring. And your father calls you up one day and says, you know what? Guess what I had today? I had herring. Oh, it was mama's gishmak. How happy are you going to be? Yeah. A little happy. A little happy. I'm happy, my father. I don't want to. It's not. It's not. Do I have a desire that my father should eat herring? It's his desire. You know, in, in the Nimshol, that's Hashem has a desire for, for Yichud Kachbirchu Shkente. That's his desire. But how about if you go bring the herring to your father? And your father gives you a smile and says, oh, Thank you so much for that herring. I'm so happy. It's different, right? Why is it different? In both cases, your father has the herring. The difference is what? This was you giving the nachas. And that's something that you, that you could really, really enjoy and bask in that pleasure that you gave your father. That's not the avoid of big tzaddikim. And that's really, Hashem has his pleasure from, uh, you know, from everything. And everything. And to be able to take real pleasure and simcha in Hashem's pleasure. That's a tzaddik. But we, what we could do is we can take pleasure in Hashem's nachas from us. And that's, that's what Al-Tarebbe is ending over here. Al-Tarebbe says, the final word I have to you about Avas Hashem, you love Hashem. And therefore you want to be close to Hashem. Great, go ahead. Learn, daven, do mitzvahs to be close to Hashem. But have in mind when you're doing it that I'm coming close to Hashem. Why? Because of the simcha. Excuse me, because of the simcha that Hashem takes in that. And this is, and then the Dalt says, Rak, however, that a person needs to establish times to contemplate the greatness of Hashem, in order to be able to attain the chilu or the intellectual love and fear of Hashem, the kuli ulai. And if a person works hard on it, perhaps v'chulu kenal, perhaps he'll be able to get it, as I mentioned earlier. Because until now, in the Pedic, we're talking about drawing. We have mentioned several times the idea of drawing upon our natural love for Hashem and our natural <coughs> um, fear of Hashem. Even in a line earlier, ma'ava hativis, we talk about the natural love. But even greater than that is an intellectual love. And the reason for that, we will talk about Mir Hashem later when we get to Pedic Memdalad. Memdalad, yes, make a note. And with that, we have concluded Perik Mem Aleph, and now we will move on to Perik Mem Beis. But we need, first, we need a recap and a re, a reset, uh, reset where we are before we move on to Perik Mem Beis. In Perik Lamed Hay, we started talking about the idea of Dira B'Tachtoinim. The idea of what Hashem's ultimate desire was in the creating of this world. And the Alter Rebbe explains that Hashem's desire in creating this world was because Hashem wants a dwelling place B'Tachtoinim in the lowest place possible. And therefore, because of Hashem's desire for Adir B'Tachtoinim, that's why 
Maisa is so important. That's why the deed, action, is so important because the very lowest thing is action, is deed. It's lower than Seichel, it's lower than Midas. And Hashem wants, in the Gashmistic world, the physical world, the physical actions and the physical objects of the world, Hashem wants Adira. He wants uh, to be present there. In Pedro Klamath we transitioned and we said, yes, the action is very important, the act, the deed is very important. But that doesn't mean that Kavana isn't important. Kavana is very, very important. And Dr. Rebbe goes on for several proclamations. He talks about the importance of Kavana. Kavana being Avas Hashem and Yiris Hashem. And he explains that the Kavana of every mitzvah and the Kavana of Limud HaTorah is what gives it its neshama and gives it its spiritual identity and allows it to rise up, allows the act to rise up to the higher worlds. So the main thing remains the deed, the act. But the Kavana is the neshama of the act. And therefore, an act is complete when it has an neshama also. In this past Patrick, in Patrick Mem Aleph, the Alter Rebbe suddenly started talking about Ava separate, Yira separately and Ava separately. In the Prakim before then, from Lamet Ches, Lamet Tes, and Mem, the Alter Rebbe was talking about Yira and Ava jointly, calling them Kavana or calling them Lishma. And in this Patrick, the Alter Rebbe says, okay, let's dissect. What is, the, what, what is Yiras Hashem? What is Avas Hashem? The first half of the Patriarch we spoke about Yiras Hashem and different levels in Yiras Hashem, if you recall. You know, there's a Yira which is in the heart, there's a Yira which is only in the mind. Then there's a Yira which is, like Rabbi Yechel and Zakai said, Kimaira Basar Vadam, simply a Yira from Hashem, like you, you don't do something inappropriate when someone's watching from you. We spoke about different levels of Yira in descending order, and the Altareb explains that. <coughs> the Nakuda in all of these levels of Europe. The bottom line is that they're all about Bittel Tashem, and that's why, as mentioned, we don't talk about Yiras Ha'inish. We don't talk about that a person um, is afraid of being punished because that's not, that's not Bittel. That's, you know, you're doing that for yourself. The Nakuda of Yira is Bittel Tashem. And then we moved on to the second Perik of, uh, the second half of Perik, uh, Lamed, um, Perik Aleph. What is the idea of Ava? The idea of Ava, the, the, At the center of Yiras Bittel, at the center of Ava, is the, dire, the desire Ladafka, the desire to connect to Hashem. In this Ladafka, we spoke different levels in the Ladafka also. There is, you can have the desire Ladafka, Yichun Kachibir connect all of Kuala Yisrael with Hashem. That's the Ava of the greatest Sadiqim. And then there are lower levels of Ladafka, the desire to connect to Hashem, or as we just learned now, an even higher level, which is the desire to connect to Hashem, to give Hashem simcha. But either way, what we have over here is what we now, we now also know, we, we've identified and described Yira on its own, that Yira, although we talked about many different levels of Yira, all of these levels of Yira are the idea of Bittl ta Hashem, being Hashem's Eved. We've identified and described what Ahava is, and Ahava is the desire to connect to Hashem at many different levels. And now that we've identified and described the point, the central idea of what Yira is, what Ava is, now for the next nine prokim, from Perik Membeis through Perik Nun, from Perik 4, chapter 42 through chapter 50, the Alter Rebbe is going to discuss different levels of and avenues to loving Hashem and fearing Hashem. And there are going to be many different meditations we're going to learn over here. The bottom line is, Al-Trebis, until now we were talking about the importance of Avanira. Now we're going to talk about different 
ways to arrive at Yiras Hashem, different ways to arrive at Avas Hashem, different levels of Yiras Hashem, different levels of Avas Hashem, and again, this is going to take us, <coughs> excuse me, through the next nine, nine chapters. Perik Mem Beis, and half of Perik Mem Gimel, the first half of Perik Mem Gimel, is going to be about Yiras Hashem, and then the second half of Perik Mem Gimel, and then all the way through Perik Nun, is going to be about Ahavas Hashem. So we're really going to be exercising our emotions in the coming uh, weeks and months and learning all about Avas Hashem and Yiras Hashem. Until now, Tanya was more practical. And now we're going to get into the Avas Hashem, Yiras Hashem element. And with that, we will start. Perik Membeis. V'hinei b'mashin is bar With what we explained earlier being Yiratatam regarding the lower level of Yiras Hashem because everything that we spoke about in Perik Memalef about Yiras Hashem, even though we spoke several levels, all of those are, are called Yirat Tata. They're all included in the lower level of Yira. What is the higher level of Yira? That we're going to learn about in Mir Hashem and Perik Mem Gimel. You hear Ruven? Perik Mem Gimel. There we'll talk about the higher level of Yiras Hashem. Everything in Perik Mem Aleph was the lower level of Yiras Hashem. <coughs> so with everything that we learned, Yuvan will understand Hate very well. Mashakasa the Gemara will understand that which it says in the Gemara. It's a Gemara Meshakta's Brachas, the surprising Gemara. Al Pasuk, the Ata Yisrael, Mash, Amalekacha, Shoel, Mi Imach. The Pasuk says, and Chumish Devarim, and Akevre, somewhere around there, the Pasuk says, the Moshe turns to Yidin and tells them, and now Yidin, Mash, Amalekacha, Shoel, Mi Imach. What's Hashem asking of you already? Ki Imo Yiras Hashem Alekacha, all he wants. All he wants is that you should fear him. Now imagine if you're in the crowd and Meshur Rabbeinu says that, what are you going to respond to Meshur Rabbeinu? If you had some chutzpah. It's not easy. <laughs> it's not easy. That's all? That's all, all Hashem wants is that you should fear him. That's all? And the Gemara asks that. Is Yira something which is so small to the point that Meshur is is trivializing it and saying that's all Hashem wants from you. So the Gemara, so the Gemara answers in yeah, legabe Moshe Yeah, for Moshe Taka Yiras Hashem was not it wasn't a big deal. No, who's happy with this answer? Doesn't answer the question. Why not? Because Moshe wasn't talking to himself. He was talking to all the Eden, right? Right. Imagine a person gets up and he gives a speech and says, you know, what, what, what am I asking of you all? All I want is that everyone over here should give $10 million to tzedakah. Uh, really? That's all? Oh, if the man, he's a billionaire. So for him, it's not a big deal. <laughs> so for him, it's not a big deal. But he's talking to everyone. Was Moshe clueless? He didn't know who he was talking to? But again... It's not only that, but the answer of the Gemara is a surprising uh, answer because the Gemara asks a good question. But the answer doesn't seem... So, yeah, for Moshe it was a small thing. And, there, and Moshe therefore didn't understand that not everyone is in the same Madriga as him. I think Moshe, Moshe Abraham knew the level of Am Yisrael that can get to this place. But then the, 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 that's not what the Gemara says. The Gemara doesn't answer that. The Gemara says that for Moshe it's a small thing. If you're correct, the Gemara should have said that. Should have said, oh, Moshe understood the potential of Klal Yisrael. But that's not what the Gemara says. The Gemara says, for Moshe, it was a small thing. How does that answer the question? 
There were Takya some great tzaddikim who had uh, such a edla koyachariya, such a refined sense of vision that the Takya didn't see anything bad in anyone else. But it's hard to say that the Meishar Rabbeinu, especially after everything he went through with the Yidin in the 40 years in the desert, that he was oblivious to, uh, to life's challenges. That he was a Rei Yisrael, he was a leader of Kual Yisrael. And by the way, those great Sadiqim were oblivious to other people's flaws. They are amazing Sadiqim, but they're not leaders. You can't be a leader, and you can't be a mentor to someone if you have no, uh, if you don't understand that person's reality. So what does the Gemara mean? Inside, Vaiter right inside. The Lechayra, any movement, after Rebbe says Lechayra, this Gemara isn't understood. Hatirutz, in other words, the answer isn't understood. Why the Hashem Me'imachsiv? Moshe didn't say, what is Hashem asking of me? He's saying, what is Hashem asking of you? So how does it help? The fact that Moshe, the Lagabi Moshe, it was a Milsa So the answer is going to be a long answer, which is only going to conclude uh, on page 120, a few pages from now. We're not going to get there today. But the kernel of the answer is, is that every single Yid has within him or herself a little Moshe Rabbeinu. And if we can get in touch we can get in touch with Moshe Rabbeinu, the Moshe Rabbeinu within us, then Yiras Hashem is not so difficult. So the Gemara's answer, Legabi Moshe, that Legabi Moshe, it's a small thing, it doesn't only mean Legabi Moshe, it means also Legabi, the Moshe, which every single one of us has inside. But this is, it's going to take us a while to get there, and let's do this inside. But the Indian is like this, Every single neshama of every single of every yid, has within itself every neshama has a little bit of meishar rabbeinu. Why is that? Because meishar rabbeinu is mishiva royim meishes from the seven shepherds, hamamshichim chayis ve'elokus leklalos neshamas yisrael. That, are, that, that bring down energy and godliness to every single neshama. There's a pasuk in Micha where it talks about where it talks about the Shiva Royim, there are seven, seven shepherds and Shmoyna Nesichei Adam, eight princes. For our conversation right now, it's only important the seven shepherds. We have the Klal Yisrael, we have seven shepherds and they are Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov and Moshe, Aaron, Yosef and David. Those are also the the Ushpizim. Come visit us. And they are called our Shiva Royim. Why are they the Shiva Royim? What, what, what does it mean that they are our shepherds? A shepherd is someone to shepherd the flock. You make sure that all the the animals in the flock they eat. The shepherd makes sure they're fed. The shiva royim are mamshich. They give to every single, every single neshama of every single yid. 
that it should that each one has a certain midah of kedusha. Avram is Chesed, and Yitzchak is Gevura, and Yaakov is Teferis, etc. And each one of the Shivarayim gives that to us in a Pneumius. <coughs> Kaviyachal feeds us that Midah. So our ability to have Chesed, which means Chesed means with other people, and also Ava, Avas Yisrael, Avas Atayra, and of course Avas Hashem, that comes from Avram Avinu. Avram Avinu feeds us that Midah. The fact that we have the ability to have Yira, that Midah is fed to us by Yaakov, uh, by, uh, by Yitzchak. Shalachei Nikraim B'Shem Roim. That's why they're called Roim, that's why they're called shepherds, because they are the ones who give us godliness. But each one gives us, God, feeds us godliness, Tarnashama, in a, a Lakus Tarnashama, in a different form. Avram feeds Tarnashama with godliness in the form of chesed and Yitzchak in the form of gvurah, etc. Of the seven shepherds. That's why they're called shepherds. He includes them all. That's why of all of them, even though they're all all, all seven of them are shepherds, but the only one who's known by the name of a shepherd is Moshe. He's called the Raya Mahemna, the Raya Neman. The Zayar calls Moshe the faithful shepherd of Kal Yisrael. And why is that? Because Moshe Rabbeinu gives Kal Yisrael, gives every Nishamam Das. Lay Das Hashem. Now the word das is usually, as we know, is usually translated as um, knowledge. <clears throat> but in Hasidus and Kabbalah, das more than anything represents connection. As in Va'adam Yada as Chava. Which the word Yada in that context, the biblical Adam Nu Chava, Das over there means connection. Whereas the Pasuk says, Vayeda Alikim. Vayedas. Or Ki Yedaticha, or Ki Yedaitiv. The word Das means connection sometimes. So, Moshe Rabbeinu, what he gives Klal Yisrael is the capacity to connect. Avraham <coughs> gives us the capacity to connect to Chesed. Yitzchak gives us the capacity to connect to Givura. But the capacity to connect itself, that comes from Moshe Rabbeinu. So that's why Moshe Rabbeinu is the main shepherd of all the seven shepherds. Moshe is the main one because we connect to everything. Even that which we get from Avraham and Yitzchak and Yaakov, we connect it through Moshe Rabbeinu. Because the capacity of Das comes from Moshe Rabbeinu. And this is something which we've spoken about in the past, uh, specifically in Peter Gimel and Tanya. The idea of Das, we spoke about it at length, for those who recall. That it's possible 
for a person to have a lot of information, but not to connect it. There is no das. But not to connect it. You have a lot of information, but it, 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 you have not internalized it and become one with it. Famous story about they say it about the Alter Rebbe. They also say that I've heard it also about the Levi Zagabadichever that when he came back from from Mezrich, where he was learning Chassidus, so his father-in-law, who wasn't a Chassid, asked him, "No, what did you learn by the Magid?" So he answered, "I learned." A lot. Now I know that there's an Abish there on this world. So the father-in-law started laughing. Says, really? That's what you went to your great Rebbe for and spent all that time there? He called over the maid, a Jewish girl, and said to her, is there an Abish there on the world? She says, yeah, of course, yes. So the Rebbe answered, she says that there's an Eibishter. I know that there's an Eibishter. There's a difference. You know, when you say there's a difference, you're, you're implying that there's some similarity, but there's also a difference. Saying and knowing is, is two worlds. It's two worlds. You wanna, why is it that you have sometimes a person who's a Tamil Chachim and everything, and you find out he did something which was inappropriate? That's a lack of Das. It's a lack of das. Das means to connect. Chachman and Bina's understanding. Das is connection. The Gemara says that Ganav Apumud Machtarta Rachmanakari, which means that when a when a robber before he's about to commit the commit his crime, he takes a moment and he lets out a small, uh, quick prayer to Hashem, saying, "Please help me." What help? Help me a little. He believes in Hashem, obviously. But he didn't connect it. He didn't internalize it. He didn't become one with it. If he, became, if he was one with the idea that there's Hashem, and that this Hashem supports everyone, and feeds everyone, and gives everyone life, etc., etc., he wouldn't be going, wouldn't be stealing, obviously. So das means that whatever, whatever you know or whatever you learned, you become one with. There's, um, there was a chassid who lived in the early 19th century. His name was Rebeliezer Dvoskin. <coughs> he was better known as uh, Rebeliezer Chachersker because he came from the city of Chachersk. He was a very, uh, very great chassid, a holy person. But he was Nabach, a very, very, a very ill person. Literally, if every. Uh, any malady you could think of, he suffered from. 
So he was the he was the head, the mashpia, and the in the Lubavitch yeshiva in Kherson, in Russia. Probably talking in the 30s, 1930s. I believe he ended up he was killed by the Nazis. And there's another chassid. His name was Remendel Futterfas, who he was um, he was close to him. Although Remendel was much younger than him, much much younger. And again, he was so ill that it came to the point that he couldn't even eat anything because everything he ate was impacting him. He was having different reactions to the point that he literally ate every day a little bread and milk. That's it. That's all he was allowed to eat. And he, he, he was so weak, he could barely hold himself up. And at a certain point in time, they decided they're going to send him away to, uh, to Dacha, send him away to the country for two weeks. So maybe he'll uh, come a little more strong. He came back, didn't help anything. Came back to Yeshiva, and they daven Mayriv, and after Mayriv, so Remendel walks over to him and says, Reblazer, was macht So he says, Oi, halavai, as mein Ruchnius soll sein, as evi mein Gashmius. I wish that my Ruchnius was as good as my Gashmius. I wish that my spiritual life was as good as my physical life. So Remendel looked at him. He's crazy. He says, what kind of gashmiistic life do you have? You have nothing. You have a piece of bread and a half a cup of milk a day. And he says, what do you mean? He says, that's all you want? Such a meager uh, spiritual life? So he says, Remendel, Remendel, what don't you understand? I eat only very little every single day. I eat a little piece of bread and I eat uh, and I have some, some milk. But the little that I eat it goes in me and invigorates me. It gives me the little strength that I have. Halavai, that my ruchni should be the same way. That whatever, that whatever I learn, whatever I daven, it should enter within me and actually invigorate me. It should become one with me. It should become, uh, I should have das, in different words. And when something, when you connect with something, when it comes one with you, it becomes your reality. It becomes part of your being. There's a more of a a comical story that said about there was a chassid of the Alter Rebbe whose name was Reb Shmuel Monkis, and even though he was a very holy yid, I think I've said stories about him in the past over here before. He was a very holy yid, a very tzaddik, but his style was that uh, he played shtick, he did comedy, in other words. And but Siddim always had a very great respect for him and knew that everything that he's doing there's uh, there's depth there there's depth he's trying to, t- to teach lessons so one time he's walking to he's walking to the Alter Rebbe and don't, you know today we take a, a train and if we're poor we take a car and in those days if you're rich you had a horse, horse and wagon otherwise you walked you could walk for days you could walk for weeks you could walk for a month there was a chassid of the Tzamach Tzedek whose name is His name was uh, Reperetz Chaim. And he would, every year, he would walk to Lubavitch, once a year. I don't know, it was wherever it was, whether it was a week, whether it was two weeks or three weeks, but he walked. When he got older, he cut it down. He, went every, he was too weak, he'd go once every other, every, every other year. So they asked him, why don't you just uh, take a horse and wagon? He says, when I come up to heaven, and they're going to be counting my mitzvahs and Aveda, suddenly a horse is going to come running into Bezn Shalmaila. And it's gonna wanna it's gonna say I get I get part of the schar because I took him to the Rebbe. 
He says, the truth is that I could win the debate with the horse. How do I want to have to do with that? I don't, I don't want to have to do with horses. Back upon him, we're going a little on the side. So Reb Shmuel Munkis, he was once walking to, to the Rebbe, and it was bitter cold, as it gets bitter cold in Russia. The kind of bitter cold that maybe today we, we, we were hoping for. And what comes by? Comes by a wagon. <clears throat> and the wagon driver sees a Yid walking on the side of the street and says, Rabbi Yid, where are you going? There, uh, let me give you a ride. I'm going in the same direction. Climb in the back. Climb in the back of the wagon because um, there, wasn't there wasn't space. No, it wasn't nice and warm. But uh, And the front of the wagon, it was warm. What do you think? They had a fire over there? Uh, the, it wasn't warm. He went in the back of the wagon. It was actually this was a, a alcohol, uh, a whiskey, uh, a whiskey merchant. So the back was filled with uh, barrels and kegs of, of whiskey. But he was sitting there shivering. I mean, it's better than trudging, trudging in the snow. But in a way, actually, when at least when you're walking, at least you have uh, some body heat eating you up. And he was getting very cold. And finally, after a little while, so he knocked on the front and asked the person, "Can I take a cup?" I take a little cup of mashka, a little cup of whiskey. I said, sure. Take what you want. So he took a little cup and he filled it up. He drank it. And suddenly he was warm. When he came to, to the Rebbe, he was uh, talking to Chesidim. He says, I learned an, an amazing lesson. He says, there I was, surrounded by bottles of whiskey and I was freezing. Even though I was surrounded by many barrels. But when I took one cup, but when it went inside me, Suddenly, I became warm. <laughs> That's das. It's not how much Torah you know. It's how much Torah you connected with. There's a story from the Alter Rebbe, which is hard to translate because it only goes in Yiddish. It's hard to translate it. That a a chassid came to the Alter Rebbe. I don't know. Someone came to the Alter Rebbe. Came into Yichidus, and he was busy telling the Alter Rebbe how much Torah he had learned. Yeah, apparently he had learned a lot. Shas, in those days, Shas probably didn't impress too many people. Maybe Shas Bavli, Shas Yerushalmi, Yipoyskim. Alter Rebbe listened patiently, and when he finished, Alter Rebbe says, you're telling me all about Vifel Teira Duas Galent, aber Vifel Teira Der Ois Galent. It's hard to translate. It's, in Yiddish, you're telling me about how much Teira you learned, but how much did Teira teach you? Sorry? The shot, you, you can learn you can learn shots, but but how much the shots you can learn? How much did teach you? And that's das. It's das. It's about connecting to that uh, to that which you learned. And the capacity to connect, that's something that we get from Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu gives us the ability to be able to connect to Hashem. Connect to everything that we know about Hashem, the Armunah and Hashem, and also to those things that we're getting from the other uh, from Avram and Yitzchak, that all comes from Moshe Rabbeinu. And as we see, as, as we'll see as we go along, once a person has Das, the Niras Hashem is not a big deal. Think about that. Why is it that we don't have Niras Hashem? Okay, I, I don't want to talk for everyone over here. Why, why is it that people have a lack in Niras Hashem? What do you mean? If I'm to tell you that Hashem needs of Allah, Hashem is standing over you. And he's watching you, and you're doing an Averi, he's watching you. How can you do an Averi? 
So what are you going to answer me? You don't know that Hashem is there? Of course you know Hashem is there. Is Hashem, is Hashem standing next to you and watching you? Is He all-powerful? How is it possible to do an Avera? Sorry? Cognitive dissonance. Das eliminates cognitive dissonance. The end of the day, the end of the day, Das means that it becomes connected with you and becomes your reality. That's what's missing. And Moshe Rabbein is what gives us, excuse me, is the one who gives us Das. <coughs> Let's do this inside a little. The Hainum, halfway down from the top of the page, the first word in the line is who? The Hainu, Shemam Shek Bechinas Adas, Mesh is the one who draws down Das. Leklalos Yisrael, to all of Yidin. Leidas Hashem, the ability to know Hashem, to connect to Hashem. Kol Echad, everyone. Kifi Hasagas Nishmasai, to the ability that his Nishama can grasp. So Moshe gives Das to every Nishama to the extent that the Nishama is able to grasp. Vishar Shalomayla, which is commensurate to the source of the neshama, the level of the source of the neshama lamayla. And v'nikasa mishayresh nishmas meishar rabbeinu alav ashalem. And the das that we have also is connected to how much we are drawing from the neshama of meishar. Hamushreshes bedas ha'elyon meishar rabbeinu's neshama is mushresh is rooted in the supernal das Hashem's das shebiyutzviris datsilus. Hashem's das, which is in, which is among the ten spheres of Atzilus, Ham Yichadis b'Matzilon Baruchu. This is uh, the spheres of Atzilus are united with Hashem. So Hashem's das is also united with Him, and that's what the Rambam says. Shuhu v'Daite Yechad. We know Hashem is one with His das, with His das. Vuhu Amad Achulu. Hashem is 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 His own knowledge. So Moshe Rabbeinu's neshama is rooted in Hashem's das, which is connected with Hashem, and we draw. Every one of us draws from Moshe Rabbeinu's neshama. And ultimately, all the problems come from not having das. That's where Golos begins. Golos we're talking about on the national level, and Golos also on the individual level. That what keeps us in Golos is the lack of das. As we will continue, Mir Tzashem, talking next week more about the Das and how the process of how we get Das. And we'll, next week also we'll talk about Mir Tzashem about the function of a Tzaddik, the function of a Rebbe, and also in giving everyone in their generation Das. Good Shabbos, everyone.